Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who've been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps to help you along your military life journey. Here's your host, Lindsay Litton. This episode is brought to you by Caliber Home Loans. Caliber is committed to educating military families about their VA loan benefits and bringing military families home. Get connected with them online by visiting Caliber at CaliberMilitaryLending.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us today, whether you are watching somewhere or whether you're listening. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I am thrilled beyond belief for you to meet my (laughs) new friend, Miss Betsy Clark. She is absolutely incredible. You know, you have friends that maybe you've known forever and you know that you've known them forever. You feel that in them. Then you've got new friends and you can't wait to get to know them. And then you've got the section of people that you meet them and you feel like you've been friends forever. That is how I feel about Betsy. We got to speak a couple of weeks ago, and I've been thrilled about recording this ever since. We are just kindred spirits, and I am hoping and praying that the things that we chat about today on this podcast will add value to so many of you that are listening. So, Betsy, why don't you just kick it off for us? I would love to um, just take a couple minutes and you to tell us who you are, tell us where you live, and when I, well, I love your website, and when I was on there, one of the things that it listed, it said you're a business chaplain. It actually says that in um, when you reply to an email. Tell us what a business chaplain is. Tell us what you do, because I think it's fascinating. I can't wait for everyone else to hear about it. Thank you, Ashley. It's so much fun. I have been waiting for this opportunity. It's just when we met, it really was an instant connection. And I hope, like you said, that we can give something of value to your listeners. Um, I am a business chaplain, and it's sort of an unknown title. And it's something that just came to me is I want to bring the soul back into your business so that it's integrated with your head, your heart, and your gut. So that you're making decisions that really align with who you are, because how you show up in the real world is how you show up in business. And there isn't this separation. And so I love the idea of how you show up privately is how you show up in public. Well, it's the same thing with how you show up in your personal life with your friends, your family, your community and how you show up in your business. And so that's really why I chose Business Chaplain. I want women to really express who they are completely in an integrated fashion in their business. And it may be a little bit unorthodox, and I say hallelujah. I love that part of it. So that's really where that comes from is... It's an unusual term, and I do business in an unusual way. I've been an entrepreneur for over 42 years. I make a terrible employee, and I'm a free spirit. And so entrepreneurialism is really something that I I live for, and helping women step into that in a way that's um, fruitful, makes an impact so women can make a difference, and and monetize it and make money because I don't think that making money is something that we should be afraid of. Money isn't good or bad. It's how we handle money. And so in the process of working with me, I teach women to show up as they intend. And to me, that's the definition of confidence. 
Oh, I love that. You know, I, I guess as I was raised in the deep South, uh, if you can't tell from this. <laughs> so, and of course, in the deep South, I'm going to put us on gallery view. In the deep South, you hear lots of things about money growing up in church. But the best definition, I guess, or, or that I've ever heard about it, it says money just amplifies what you already are. So if you're already giving, you'll just be more giving. If you're already greedy, you'll just be more greedy. And I love that definition because I have met some of the most incredible people in the world who are also the, some of the wealthiest. But I've also met some of the people that have the very little money on this earth and they just add more value than anyone I've ever known. So I love, I love, I love that. All right, Betsy. So let's dive in. I love strengths finders and I know that you are a strengths finders coach. I think it is incredible. It's something that I love diving into to learn more about myself. Um, I truly believe that before I took the test and before I realized and I found out what my strengths were, I truly don't believe that I was living up to my, my potential. I believe that once I found out what my strengths were from that day forward, my life changed for the better. So I guess my first question is, if, you've, if you're working with someone that has never found their strengths, so they've never studied their strengths, how fascinating it is, how does one uh, identifying their strength, how does that help them? I know how it helped me, but if you're talking with someone, why should everyone figure out what their strengths are? Well, you're you're preaching to the choir here, and I am a real advocate for Clifton Strengths Finders, and I think it's an assessment that is well worth taking. It is not expensive, and the insights are phenomenal. And they're working to Gallup is working to have a million coaches talk people through because it can just be a report. It's just words on a page. And to work with someone that can bring those words alive so that you understand what's right with you. It's based on positive psychology. So, in, and, and I often hear from my clients, you know, they'll say, Pithy, this is what I want. I'm doing it for this long, but it's, it's, a, it's elusive. I can't quite get there. And they'll say, what's wrong with me? Ashley, that breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart because there's nothing that's wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed. Only thing that needs to be fixed in my estimation are stray cats and dogs. So the, the deal is letting women breathe and say, you know what? I'm good. But how do I get better? How do I leverage the things that are right with me? And so if I can just use an example, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-60s, and I, this is not my first rodeo, and I was asked to come and facilitate a board meeting, and, and I know what my strengths are, and the night before the meeting, I said to my husband, RJ, I said, oh, you know what? I feel like I'm going into this meeting. I don't know why I said yes, and I feel like I'm going into this meeting with a target on my back. What was I thinking? Clearly, I wasn't. And so my, my husband, in his wisdom, said, well, why don't you do the exercise you do with your clients? So the next morning, I woke up and I went through an exercise that I call leadership branding, which sears into your soul, just like a uh, cattle, those things that are right about you, branding you with what your strengths are, what you bring to the table. As I went to the meeting, I walk in there and I was confident, came in the right size. I came in as Betsy at her best, not arrogant, not, not shrinking back. I, as Brene Brown says, I, I was holding my sacred ground, okay? Not puffed up, not diminished, but holding my sacred ground. Well, we met 
we came to a resolution within 35 minutes. And I'm not saying that it was me, but it was me coming in the right size and operating from what my strengths are. I knew that I was socially versatile. I knew I could connect with the people at the table. I knew I could listen. I knew I have the gift of communication and connectedness so I could take this disparate ideas and bring it down, complex ideas into something very simple and put it in a nutshell for them. Well, those are my strengths. So I came in in the fullness of my Betsiness, and I was able to operate at a high level because I leveraged my strengths. Now, if I had been in a business situation, I could have monetized that and probably gotten one or two clients because they saw strengths in action. And so there are a lot of women and those, and I'm addressing women just and they're only operating on two cylinders because they don't know how to access the other six cylinders. And so they're just mopaturting through life. They're going at about 20 miles an hour. They're impatient. They're going too slow. The scenery's not, you know, it's not advancing enough. And life is passing them by because they aren't operating the way they were designed. I Betsy, we're going to be friends the rest of our life. I love it so much. (laughs) I love everything that you said. When you talked about coming in the right size, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Uh, The holding your sacred ground, not puffed up, not too little. I love that. And I do believe that there are situations when you were talking, my brain immediately goes to situations where I came in the wrong size. You know, I didn't accomplish what I could have had I been the right size. Oh, man, we're going to have to talk about that more later. And if you're a viewer and you're watching now, hopefully you see that I'm writing with a colored pencil because I'm in my friend's playroom recording this podcast. Betsy and I were getting everything ready in the middle of this quarantine. She moved locations. I moved locations. I've got Legos under my feet. And we started chuckling before this actually started recording because this is real life. And I I love the people seeing that I'm using a colored pencil and a broken you know, this is a broken notebook (laughs) that Betsy and I were speaking about how when I was getting ready, I was like, man, I mean, I need my hair colored so bad. It's getting so dark. It needs to be highlighted, but no one's getting that done right now. Betsy said she hasn't had a haircut in seven weeks and that is not something that happened. (laughs) And what I love is that you've got two completely imperfect people sitting here having a chat And you, without a haircut for seven weeks, just added more value to me than you'll ever know. And I think that is knowing your strengths. I think that's knowing you're coming in at the right size. I think that's knowing the value that you can add. And it has nothing to do with Legos under my feet or how long since we've had a haircut. So, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to get the feedback from this call or from this podcast. And we just got started. Okay, so riddle me this, my friend. Do you ever hear people say, my strengths are not as good as someone else's? Because I've heard oh, people say that. Tell, yes. me, tell me your response to that. I, I love that. So when I went and got certified at Gallup, we talked about something called strengths envy. And I was going, what? What, what is that? And so my mentor was saying, you know, when everything is said and done, what is the one strength you wish you had? And we all raised our hand. And I, there were five of us in the room and every single one of them said, we want Maximizer. Because Maximizer is all about excellence, going from best to most excellent. And so here's what I would say to that is Michael J. Fox, the actor, is also a philosopher. He said, I'm very careful 
not to confuse perfection with excellence. I can strive to be excellent. Perfection is God's business. I know, mic drop or blue, blue <laughs> crayon or blue yeah. pen, you know, pencil. Yeah. Dropping my, dropping my crayon on that one. Man, right. I probably should have asked you that question last. That was really. <laughs> oh, but, but, but see, here's the thing is, you know, we all think that there's only one strength that matters, right? But the truth of the matter is we need every strength. It's like a tapestry. We need all the colors of all the different threads. And, and if we are missing a thread of a certain color, it's diminished. And so, you know, I'm not high in context. Uh, it's very low. It's the lowest. It's number 34. Context is my husband's number one. And so when we come together, together we're stronger than if we weren't. And so there's no need for envy. What I go around and teach is when you're building teams, teams aren't about people you work with. Teams happen organically because it's a group of people who trust each other. That's tweetable. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) That is so good. It it is. And so when we trust other people's strengths that we're not as strong in, then we become a dynamic, a dynamic team. And And honestly, understanding our strengths has helped my family dynamics immeasurably, and it has helped my marriage beyond work. Can I I share a story about my marriage? Please do, because I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, so I've been dating this redhead for 45 years, happens to be my husband, and we owned a... A wood finishing and specialty paint business. We did interior designs for 40 years. My husband is still doing it. I helped him for 35. And so I'm really creative. I'm, I'm wicked impatient. I'm high in activator. I jump, I think, and then I, you know, I look. I mean, I'm just all about action. I'm a catalyst. I make stuff happen. Sometimes it's well thought out. Sometimes it's not. But I sure can get stuff done. So my husband is high in context. So he he needs to know the backstory, knows, needs to know where we are now. And then he has this capacity to see into the future. And he's very slow and steady. And I'm like this jackrabbit. I'm speeding. I go like seven circles around him while he's still looking, right? And so when we would be on projects together, I'd say, Archie, you know what? I think we should do this. And his first reaction was always, no. And so finally, one day, I had had it up to here. And I, was, I just looked at him and he said, do you not trust me? And, and it looked like I'd struck him. He said, what? Why did you ask me that? And I said, because every time I come up with a great idea, in my humble opinion, it's a great idea, you say no. And he said, I, it's just, I just need time to think. So when I understood, I had a really big decision I needed to make. It was, it cost a lot of money. I needed his buy-in. I wanted his counsel and I needed his blessing on it. And so I figured out if that's true, that he is high in context and he needs time. So I went back understanding what context is contrary to my activator. I said, Archie, this is what I've been thinking. This is where I am right now in this decision. And this is what I think it will bring me in the future. I'm talking context language. He can hear me now. And then I said, I I would love to have you sit on this for about three days. And then when you figure out what you think, just get back to me. 
everything in my activator brain is going, I can't wait three days. So about three hours later, he came back and he said, you know what, Bets? I think that's a great idea. I mean, you could have bowled me over. This is Mr. No Man. Like, no. So I've shared this, you know, I'm a public speaker. I I shared this at a uh, talk I was giving and this woman came up to me afterward and she said, Betsy, that's the most manipulative thing I've ever heard. And I thought, really? Huh, that's not how I perceive it. So I went back and I said, Archie, did you feel manipulated when I did that? And he knew exactly what I was talking about, that sequence when we were trying to make this decision about such and so. And he said, no, I felt known and respected. I love that. Oh, okay. So what our viewers and listeners don't know is you and I actually share, I think four out of the five same top strengths. Um, Our husband's share a lot of the same top strengths. I found the exact <laughs> same thing, which is great because I know I know what you mean when you say, man, when you come together, you can really accomplish greatness because oh, yeah. that is the way that the two of us have always been. So I love that you shared that with everyone because people do oftentimes like woo is high in my strength. So people say, oh, I wish I had woo. But then they will have, they'll have context, which I don't have. Like you said, I'm not analytical. That's my last one, but it's my husband's (laughs) first one. So I just move, I move through life and I move fast. And he, I always thought, so it's the same situation as you. I always said that he was a pelican and I would have all of these great ideas and he'd just fly in and poop right on top of my idea. And it wasn't that he was saying it was a bad idea. He was just asking all of the context that he needed. Well, what's that going to look like? When are we going to go? What time's the flight? How about this? And I'm like, can't you just be excited, man? But it, it made such a difference in our marriage when we figured that out. And I don't know if you know this, I believe you do, but Daniel and I, we host marriage retreats and we used to teach classes on the five love languages. I find that the five love languages and understanding those combined with your five or more strengths, I know all of mine and I love it, but I think if you can combine the five love languages and you can combine your strengths, you are a force to be reckoned with. If you can work within your strengths and you can recognize other people's strengths and then you can speak your language, but you can speak others' love language, I really don't know a problem in this world that could not be handled by people knowing their strengths, working within them, and then learning to speak other people's strengths and speak other people's love languages. Because I don't think that's manipulative at all. I think it's really caring that you're willing to slow down, which is difficult for you and me. You're willing to slow down in order to get his wisdom. And I have, I have to do that quite often. And a lot of times when I'm frustrated, it's usually my pace that um, has made the situation <laughs> a little more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here, imagine with me that you're in a job and, and so much of the, the job description, it, it fits you know? And so it's like writing everything with your dominant hand. And then they throw an element in that's not within your wheelhouse, within your top seven to 10 strengths. It's like being asked to write a report with your non-dominant hand. Mm -hmm. It's slow. Yeah. It's messy. It's awkward. 
Right. So do you want someone to write a report with their non-dominant hand or would you rather they write the report with their dominant hand, which would be their top seven to 10 strengths? Absolutely. And not that and not that, that your strengths are going to give you your job placement, but it's going to be an indicator of how you perform and your level of engagement and satisfaction. I, I couldn't agree more. When I'm working within my strengths, everything seems to be easier. Uh, my days seem lighter. Um, my husband and I worked on a business once and he was so good, obviously, since we're opposite, he was so good at one half of the business. I tended to be so good at the other, but he was trying to, to, to be me. He was trying to jump in and work the business like I did. And it just, it was like nails on a chalkboard and everything was slow and it was so draining. And then when he would be TDY or he would be deployed and I tried to do his strengths, his job, if you will, everything was so much more draining. It took me double, triple, quadruple the time that it took him to do that. I just, I could not believe in what you do more. Okay. So I will not, I want to respect your time, but one more thing, because I haven't heard, I've I've not heard the fullness of this, but we were speaking and you said, there's a difference between grace and excuses. Would you mind just taking a few minutes and tell me what you mean by that? Because I'm super intrigued. I also think it's going to step on my toes. So I would love to hear more about that. (laughs) It is going to step on your toes. So here's something for those of you who can, who are looking at this podcast, this is called a grace card. For those of you that aren't, I have a little business card that says grace card on it. And on the back of it, I have something that says this card gives you permission to give yourself a break. And it gives you permission to love, accept, and forgive yourself. And so right now, like right now in the moment, because there's some of us that are in this uh, pandemic and we are just beating ourselves up. And I want to actively give you a grace card. So you know, Ashley, if you want to post my website on, on this chat, they can go and, and give me their mailing address and I will send them, actively send them some physical grace cards. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Grace is, um, it is undeserved. We're, we're being given uh, permission for something we didn't deserve and it's given freely. And so Grace, from my estimation, is something that's big. It gives us courage. It gives us hope. It, it, it I don't know, it just, it, it gives us hope. It touches us deeply. It's based in kindness. And so it's something that moves us forward. And so what's really funny is when I take these out, when I go speaking, I go, be very clear. This says G-R-A-C-E. It does not say E-X-C-U-S-E. This is not an excuse card because you see, excuses make us small. We convince, we convince ourselves that we're justified. It's just as if I'd done. Just as if I'd done. Excuses oftentimes are fueled by fear to protect us so that we don't fail. And when you let your passion, your actions, your desires rub, rise up above your excuses, you will be unstoppable. And call your excuses what they are. So, so what's so interesting is, you know, for you, 
it may be a reason. For someone else, it might be an excuse. And, and let me clarify that. I have I work with a lot of women who are self-employed, and, and one woman has a child with disabilities. And so I, I, there are two women. One had a kid with disabilities, another had another kid with disabilities. And one said, I can't do this business because my kid has disabilities. The other woman said, the reason I am doing everything I can is because my kid has disabilities, and I need to bring my husband home from work. And so this isn't a slam on mothers with disabilities. And, and I believe me, I know you are, you are doing a fantastic job and you are, I, my fundamental belief is we're doing the best we can, but I want to challenge you when you're stuck, which is a lot of who I, women I work with are stuck and they can't figure out why ask yourself, am I, am I stuck in excuses? St. Augustine said, deliver me from the lust of always having to justify myself. So if you find yourself making excuses and justifying, that to me means that you're not being honest with yourself and you're cloaking it as an excuse to let you off the hook. And wouldn't you rather be, give yourself grace and be honest and let yourself off the hook so that you can love, accept, and forgive yourself? And so I don't know if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, does it ever. And I think that is, I think you just simplified a lot of, and I'm sure men go through this too, but I've never been a man. So I'm not going to guess, Me but either. I am a woman and I have a whole lot of friends that are women. And I think that we all get stuck. I think we get stuck in different seasons of our life and different phases of our life and we're stuck in different ways. But I think one thing that a lot, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are high achievers. I think they're wanting to be better. I think they're wanting to glean wisdom from people like you. And I think if you're a high achiever, it is so hard to give yourself grace because you think it's an excuse. And I think, I think you clarified it so very well for me just then in the simple words, that excuses are fueled by fear. I think that I can make a delineation between giving myself a little grace during this pandemic versus I'm just making an excuse during this pandemic. (laughs) I think I can do that by getting to the root of whether it's being fueled by fear. I just think it, I think it's brilliant and I think it's going to help a whole lot of people get unstuck, if you will. So So can I, can I share, do we have a a little bit, how, how much time do we have? All the time. You go right ahead. So just for the fun of it, I'm going to tell a bad Betsy story. And, um, but I think it gives you a context. There's that word again, about how this grace card came about. It happened 35 years ago. And I remember it as if it just happened. I had a two and a half year old at the time who, um, was very opinionated and very clear on what this child could and could not do, would and would not do. And so I had to be very clear on the battles I would pick with this individual. And let me tell you, I am, I love this child with all of my heart. And so I was, uh, I actually was overdue. So I was as big as a house. I was sick and tired of being this big at large and in charge. It was a hot day in Southern California. And so the child, the two and a half year old that I was with, decided to dress themselves and to take care of their hair in a very unusual way. And it was after a nap, so I couldn't say, no, we're gonna, you're going to take a nap and then we'll go out and do this errand. And so I had to do the errand. 
So we're in the car. This I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I'm thinking, oi, I hope I do not run into anybody I know in this small town because if we do, I'm going to be so embarrassed. I mean, shame on me, right? But I'm a firm believer in self-expression. And so I thought this is a value. I'm going to stay with this and I'm, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. So we are just about to get out of this store. We're in the checkout line. My child is in the seat in the, the shopping cart and front and center. And I'm going, oh, please, we're almost outside. And this person just came in to the right-hand side of me and just leaned in and said and whispered, I'm so proud of you. And then stepped back. Well, being a hormonal mess, I didn't dare look to see who it was. And I mean, the tears just started. And you know why grace matters? Is because I was acknowledged in that moment. That's why I say that grace is big. I'm saying it gives us courage. It gives us hope. It gave me the courage to stay true to how I wanted to raise my adults in in a two-year-old's body. But I was acknowledged. And when we are given grace, we are being acknowledged. You're doing the best you can right now. And by giving yourself a reprieve right now, it will give you the strength and the fortitude and the rejuvenatory, I don't even know if rejuvenatory is a word, rejuvenative, whatever, you'd be rejuvenated in that moment to breathe and to be known, to be seen, to be acknowledged. That's what grace does. And that's why grace matters. And so I have these cards all in all my cars. I give them out to women in the supermarket with their little kids that have shellacked faces because they've got so much snot on their face because they're sick. And instead of judging her and saying, you know, you shouldn't have sick kids in the store. Now, this is beyond COVID. You need to be wise with this COVID pandemic. But instead of judging her, I can say, oh, I see you. You got three kids with shellac cheeks, things Things must be at a place where you have to bring them to the store. You're probably getting medication. God love you. Here, have a grace card. I see you. I acknowledge you. Because that's what this woman did for me 35 years ago. I don't know who it was. I don't know what she looked like. And I, you know what? Anybody could have come into that house or into that drugstore afterwards. After that moment with that woman. And they could have commented on how irregular my child was. And I would have said, yeah, you're right. Isn't she great? Oh, I shouldn't have said this gender, but isn't this child great? <laughs> and, and so that's what grace does. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it acknowledges us, whereas excuses, they fuel fear-based thinking. Yep. And keep you small. Oh, and I love it. I love it. I love I tell you that. Uh, in moments like that, and I want to be that, I want, here it is, my goal in life. I want to be that person that tapped you on the shoulder, that was never seen, that just says, I'm proud of you. Like, I, I firmly believe that when we give other people grace, it, 
it gives them, well, it gives them permission to give themselves grace. And I think that's what that did for you that day. You're like, I am okay. I am doing a great job. And the more grace that I extend to others, I find that I give myself a little bit more grace as well. I love it. I was taught at a very young age, um, the definition of grace being unmerited favor. And it's one of those things that just stuck in the back. And I forget lots of things, lots of things that don't matter. But that's one of those, that definition stuck at church camp when I was little and I never forgot it. And I think it's one, I don't know. I think it's one of the hardest things to extend to yourself, but man, it's one of the easiest things to extend to other people if you've just got the right mindset about it. But okay. So my goal in life is to be that person. And I, oh, I would give anything if they were listening to this podcast or they showed up at one of your public speaking events and they were like, I think that was me. Oh, that would be, I would, I would love that. And so here's what the acronym for grace means for me, because to me it is unmerited favor. And yes, it's given freely. It costs me nothing to extend grace to someone else. Well, then the question becomes, why is it so costly for me to extend grace to myself? Right. Well, it, it, it isn't because I'm learning to step into forgiving myself and forgiving the definition of forgiveness that I love is letting go of the past you wish you'd had. Ooh, that is good. Letting go of the past you wish you'd had. So from that standpoint, for me, grace means giving radical acceptance consciously every day to yourself and to others. And, and to really challenge the women on this call is it's getting radical acceptance consciously every day. We train people how to treat us. So when we extend grace to our loved ones, we are training them how to do the same thing for us. And as women, we have a hard time receiving. So if it's giving radical acceptance consciously every day and that's what you feel you need to work on, knock yourself out. But if it's receiving, if it's getting radical acceptance consciously every day, waking up to the need for kindness, for grace, for acceptance, for forgiveness, because kindness towards others and towards ourselves. Barry Corey has this great definition. Kindness is a firm center with soft edges. Hmm. You are true to your convictions and you don't beat everybody else up with it. You have a soft exterior that is embracing, welcoming, winsome, wooing. But that, but that's going back to strength finders, that's woo. And you were talking about that earlier. The woo stands for winning others over. So grace and kindness are very much about what woo is like when it shows up. So there might be people that don't relate to what we're talking about. Just take it in. Mm -hmm. Think about it. And if it if it's something you want to adopt and embrace, then then do. And I'd be happy to send you a grace card. If not, you might know someone who it might help. So there you go. 
I think we all do. That's for sure. Okay, Betsy, give us your website and, you know, all of your handles. I'm not awesome on all of these things, but <laughs> what are your handles and all the social media things? I got, I yeah. got love handles. <laughs> I, I'm not showing you. <laughs> I tell you, I've got, uh, there are a lot more handles around these days with me, not with all of the gyms being closed. So yep. what are your... Yep. What are your handles? Where can people find you? We definitely want your website because I have a feeling that everyone's going to beg for you to come back and speak here again. And that was happy to selfishly make me really excited, but I want people to be able to reach out to you and work with you one-on-one or get you to come and speak to their crowd. I just, you are a value adder. So where can they find you? Thank you for that. They can go to BetsyClarkLLC.com. And so it's B-E-T-S-Y-C-L-A-R-K-L-L-C.com. And and here's the the offer. There's a free opt-in for an accountability journal that has several exercises on how to help your, to hold yourself accountable. And, and, you know, it isn't just geared towards business, but here's my contention about accountability. External performance is a reflection of internal commitment. So how you show up and act is a reflection of how committed you are to that unremitting purpose that won't go away. What's your calling? You can walk away from a job, you can walk away from your purpose, but you can't walk away from your calling. And there are a lot of us that know there's more out there that's aligned with our purpose, our gifts, our talents, our strengths, all those things. And wouldn't it be great to be operating on those eight cylinders? And I think that understanding your strengths, your understanding of yourself and how you think impacts every aspect of your business. That's my come from. That's what gets me out of bed every single morning is helping women understand we're blind to our brilliance. We don't know what our superpowers are. The, the most common thing I hear from, from clients, doesn't everyone think that way? Well, as Ashley and I've just proven, you know, Daniel and Archie think differently than we do. We all think differently. And that's what makes life so exciting and interesting. So you can get my accountability journal. There's a, a download link for that. And also there's a place for you to click on getting a grace card. I'm happy to mail those out to you. I just would need a mailing address. And, you know, the more we can spread kindness and hope and grace, I think it's really very, very important during this time of quarantine. But going forward in the years and decades ahead, there's still things that are fundamental in having good relationships and, you know, at the end of the day, living a regret-free life. I just want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one day when I don't have Legos under my feet. (laughs) That's right. Betsy, thank you so much for blessing us today. And there's really no other word for it. Like you have blessed our socks off. And one day you and I are going to talk and I'm going to tell you exactly where my mindset was today. And positivity is in my top five. I was positive about some things, but I want to tell you one day exactly where my mindset was today and exactly how you were that person that just came over my shoulder and said, I'm proud of you. So I have a feeling that there are other people listening that you just tapped on the shoulder too. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for being my friend. I am so, I am blessed beyond measure. So everyone that's listening, make sure 
that you visit BetsyClarkLLC.com. I can't wait to hear about you all receiving your grace cards. I can't wait to hear about how you're using your accountability journal. Um, and then we are going to keep up to date on where Miss Betsy is going to be speaking. Hopefully we will all get to see her in person soon. But thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. And thank you again, Betsy. You have a wonderful day. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.